rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 8.03 a.m. It's the second of the month. Get up, get up, get up. Cash your checks and give. It is September 2nd, 2020, and we have a great show for you guys today. Good morning, Aurora. We are glad to be the second largest city's first daily news podcast. So we're joined today by our brother, Chicano. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. All right. All right. Let's get these claps going on, y'all. Ah, yes. Claps. Yeah. Live claps. We don't need a button. We're not even going to get the button. It's going to be live claps all the time. All right. So we have a great interview with Chicano. We'll get to after the news and the weather. So the weather right now is a nice 68 degrees outside. It feels really good. The high today will be 84 degrees. Tomorrow, Wednesday, or excuse me, tomorrow is going to be 84 as well with a high. And it looks like some rain and partly cloudy. Oh, Lord. And then there's going to be rain on Sunday, a lot of it. Saturday looks like it'll be beautiful at 83 degrees. That's a.k.a. hot. So get yourself ready for the weekend because it will be fun except for Sunday. All right, First Fridays is coming back. But before we talk about First Fridays, I want to talk to you about what should be maybe first Saturday, this Saturday the 5th, from 9 a.m. until it's gone. Pollo Palooza. Pollo and Rice Palooza. Free. 10 pounds of chicken and rice per family. Pick up for you and your friend. This will be at Wabonzi Valley High School, 2590 Ogden Avenue in Aurora. Special thanks to Amigos Meat Chicago for their donation of 42,000 pounds of chicken and Martin Produce Incorporated for their donation of 42,000 pounds of rice. This is also going to be in conjunction with our state senator, Linda Holmes, and our representatives for the 83rd and 84th District. Hernandez and Kifowit, respectively. So thank you for that, and that's going to be good. And you will find your boy at WVHS getting the chicken and rice. I'm going to be there. Ten pounds? <laughs> run that. Run that. All right. First Friday. This is going to be an excellent lineup. So we gave you a good number of some of the spots on uh, excuse me, yesterday. However, we did omit a couple. Number one, Altiro Latin Fusion will be showcasing Damian Rivero with live Spanish rock from 6 to 9 p.m. Altiro Latin Fusion is at 1 South Stope Avenue. That's right there on Stope and Galena. Um, so shout out to Altiro. Riverfront Playhouse will feature live music from 6 to 10 p.m. in front of their doors along Water Street Mall. Music duo The Heels will be joined by musical friends. The Aurora Historical Society will have their windows on display throughout the evening with a look back a special roots aurora window display at the david l pierce art and history center 20 east downer place roots aurora was unable to hold their annual event as part of september's first fridays and instead plan activities downtown wide um SciTech hands-on museum 18 west benton will again host a downtown scavenger hunt and sidewalk sale dang from 5 to 7 p.m and simply destiny 122 west downer place will feature Diz dancing at their location from 5 to 8 p.m. Simply Destiny is right next door to us. Shout out. Simply Destiny. Legacy Fitness, 77 South River Street will, out, will offer, excuse me, outdoor fitness for all from 5 to 8 p.m. in the parking lot adjacent to their building, offbeat, thrift and vintage, 14 West Downer Place, Suite 16 downstairs underneath Wickwood. 
Yes. 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 Um, we'll open a Mod Taj Tiki Party from 5 to 9 p.m. And Warehouse 55, 55 South Lake Street, will celebrate their first anniversary from 6 to 8 p.m. Stop by and pick up a grab-and-go bouquet from Blissful Blooms. Tongue-tied. All right. Camellia Danza Belly Dance at Zenloft Wellness Center. Six West Downer Place will dance outdoors at 7.30 p.m. And Gillerson's Grubbery, 33 West New York Street, will be open with Brenner Specials from 8 to 9.30 p.m. A rescheduled movie night for The Breakfast Club will start at 9.30 p.m. To reserve your tables for the movie, call Amy Sue at 630-340-3719. What up? What's oh, up? Okay. Um, and shout out, one more shout out, an extra shout out to the Cotton Seed Creative Exchange. 8 North Broadway will be open from 6 to 9 p.m. with free Baminda coffee and the release of photographer Ivan Cormona's Closer to the Lung coffee table book. And also don't forget, Gallery 1904, Visual Arts is having their photo exhibition part two. Now there's a lot of good things that have been taking place, <clears throat> excuse me, down there at Gallery 1904, which is at 1 East Bitten. That is now the Support Tech building, but it used to be the old Aurora Public Library. So that's specifically Benton and Stope where that's at. Uh, shout out to Visual Arts and shout out to Aurora Downtown and the art community. Uh, all right. And with that, that is the news. So now let's move into our interview with our brother from another mother. I missed her from another sister, Chicano. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. All right. All right. So for those who don't know, um, let us know who you are and where you're from. All right. My name is Chicano, and um, I'm from out here in Aurora. Okay. I grew up out here, but I was uh, gone for a while. Been back for a few years now. And since I've been back, I've been involved in the community and so many different ways good 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 uh you have been involved in many different ways and we'll get to all those ways and also the, the ways the community has been shaping over time too um growing up what impact did your mom have in your life mm, well i can say that it wasn't a deep impact you know um, I grew up figuring things out on my own mostly, you right. know, so uh, there's not a lot that I can say there. I don't have a bad relationship with her. It's just that, you know, right. I figured things out on my own as I went along. When young people take the time to figure their own stuff out, to go through those bounces in life and everything like that, I personally feel that that makes them resilient and gives them a stronger character. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I agree. It okay. takes a little longer with what you're doing. Right. Because you have to figure it out on your own, but it does. It makes yeah, you when there's no blueprint to read. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so tell us about, uh, so we're going to get into Chicano's times as well, okay? Um, but in a nutshell, what would you tell the outside person about Aurora, the community, and the people? If someone came from somewhere else and asked, what, what's up with this town? What would you say? Well, I would say that there's a lot building here, you know. Um, so, I, like I said, I grew up out here. I was out here in the 80s, 90s, mm. and um, it was a lot different back then. There were still things going on, but right. in the last few years, I've seen a whole lot of different things taking shape. Right. And um, so people can see it. It's obvious, but I don't think it's where it's, it's going to be. And I say within the next few years, you're going to see a lot more because there's a lot of different elements being put in place to where 
it's going to really, you know, blow up as far as in a good way, you know? Right. Um, downtown, um, east side, west side, all that, but a, a lot downtown, you know? Yeah, downtown has changed. Right. Downtown's changed a lot. A lot of the buildings that were just sitting there for so long have not, well, excuse me, have come back to life, some good life. They got right. some breath in them and everything. Yeah, and then with the new walkway they put in right there uh, across the, the river for River Edge, yes. that... Um, I was at a town hall meeting when Mayor Irvin first became mayor, and mm -hmm. you know they were talking about a lot of different issues of, uh, you know, Aurora, and the, within the next ten years, what may, may take place. And they were asking ideas from the residents and all that. And I remember I brought that up as well, and I didn't know that they were about to, they had plans mm -hmm. to do a walkway. But I was telling them, you know, you got River Edge right there; it would be a good idea to put a walkway, and that's where they were like, oh, you know, we have that in mind already. Yeah. So. Um, I think that was a uh, you know a very good thing that they came up with there because you have so much more potential with that there. Oh yeah. For the traffic on this Hell side, yeah, the west side do. of the river. Right. Yep. But the other thing I was saying was you have River Edge here. You should put another uh, place where you can throw concerts on this side of the river, right. on this side of the walkway. Down you River have, Street, right there. Right. Yeah. You have uh, no on um, where the walkways that on this side on the west side of the river. Okay. Yeah. Um, River Street, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. River. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was to me it's you put one here and you have one here and you got them going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. You have so much more potential for Aurora to bring a lot of different acts from I like that outside. Yeah. You know, we were talking about that beforehand about just feedback and suggestions and making changes, and that people have to listen to other people's suggestions to right. improve the overall picture. Yes, I think that's mm -hmm. important. You know, yeah. because you have the people in the mix that are working on these type of things and they do have a lot of their good ideas, but sometimes you'll get that one or two people that. Um, they might not be involved with the overall, but they have that one good idea that can just add to it, you know? Right. Just makes it better. Yes. Uh, tell us, what was it like in Aurora during the 80s and 90s when you were here? Um, in the 80s and 90s, uh, specifically the 80s, there was a lot less going on here. Um, not all the buildings were abandoned, but mm -hmm. it still wasn't, downtown still wasn't, you know, happening. Um, back then, they even had, like, movie theaters down here downtown they had a couple different ones you know Tivoli. so that's how far back i go i believe back to the 70s but um well, they had movie theaters downtown right? yes they, they did awesome. yeah and um i'm salty now <laughs> so back then there was also there wasn't that many programs either for the youth you know right. uh, so if you were growing up uh i don't think there was the same access for everybody but where i grew up there wasn't there weren't too many programs or anything like that you grew so up on the east side well i grew up all over basically okay. but a lot in the east side right. you know and yeah there was no program so when you're growing up you just grow up how you grow up right. and if the streets are there you grow up in the streets you know right so um yeah the lack of programs has always been a thing and it's sad to see now even that there's well there are programs so let's programs there, there are there are programs but isn't it sad to see how slow Something like that is taken to get off the ground for certain communities. Yes, and um, it, it's a problem. But I would say now, that, right now, that there are a lot more programs, way a lot more than there right. was. But I don't think it's still, even though there's a way a lot more, there still needs to be more. It's not enough. Right. Um, but back then, there were hardly any. And it makes a big difference. And like you said, yeah, it's slow and going. But when people talk about crime and, you know, they don't, you know, they want Aurora to be a good community and all that, then you, it would be obvious to focus on that then, you know? I mean, of course, you have to focus on business and everything, but uh, it would be obvious to put your money into that, into the youth, into a bunch of programs, you know, uh, right. community centers and things like that, because 
Um, otherwise, you're constantly going to be complaining about shootings and gang-related activity, just people being in the streets and drugs and all that. And when there's ways you can help it, you know. What would you say is the is the best program or one of the best programs? Now, hold on. Let me start over because I consider Aurora Boxing Club. I consider that a program, but we'll talk right. about that. Um, what do you think is one of the best ones around right now? One of the best programs yeah. uh, for the youth? Mm -hmm. um, I can't really pinpoint anything. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of good programs, but I really can't pinpoint right. any yeah. that I would say was, is probably the best, you know? Mm -hmm. The fact that there are a number to choose from and a number out there helping is a good is good in and of itself. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is a variety to choose from. Um I'm still kinda stuck on movie theaters back downtown or what that probably would have been cool, right? Yeah, there was we'll a check couple out of flick. You could walk around here. To, uh. right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well really? that's because before the Fox Valley Mall, downtown was where everybody went. And then once the Fox Valley Mall came, then... I didn't live here then. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so there was a lot more going on down here. There was a lot of stores down here, big, you know, bigger stores. And um, Fox Valley Mall changed that. What's a store you can remember? Um, uh, I think a store by the name of Goldblatt's, I believe. Goldblatt's. Old school. <laughs> I believe that was on yeah. uh, Broadway <laughs> and Galena. Okay, Goldblatt's. On the corner. And I then one it. of the movie theaters was called the Tivoli, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. And so you remember some of those? Hey, <laughs> I, w I wasn't here, but I have oh, learned. You, you've learned heard about, about it? Them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I saw an old, I saw an old picture of a Royal. So in all spoke up, they got that's where I saw that blast. On in all spoke up, they got a huge picture of the corner of Galena and Broadway, right? And you could see a sign that says Blatz, uh, Gold Blatz, like. Right, crazy. Yeah, and when John right. showed it to me, I was like, I know that store. And that was a happening store. store. It was a busy store. It's right on the corner, you know. Yep. And so it was a lot of traffic in and out. It, all on Broadway, right there, was a lot of traffic. But even uh, across the street, there was a diner on um, the north side of it, of mm -hmm. Goldblatt's on Galena. Yeah, there was a diner right there. They're rehabbing the building right now. Um, okay, they're doing construction work yeah. on it. But that was a happening diner as well because it had windows all the way around. So, yeah. you know, you could sit right there while the traffic's going by. Traffic nice. can see you, you know. I'm trying to think. What would Goldblatt's be today? Like a, like a Target? Like it was pretty accessible. It wasn't like higher yeah. end. Yeah. Like Because everybody went there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody got, went you there. Know, you got, got your yeah. clothes, shoes. Yeah, I'm from like the venture era. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I came later. Yeah. <laughs> like, definitely not Kmart. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think is Aurora's strength at the moment aurora strength yeah um i, I just say the people you know because there are so many people out here that i've been running into that i've been meeting and that are involved in so many different organizations so many different businesses so i would say the people the people are what makes up what's going on in aurora you know so i, I don't want to say a business or an organization just the people themselves because you can have these many different organizations, these many businesses, and, you know, they're a good thing. But a lot of them come together, like, you know, some of the organizations. And when they come together, you know, you do a lot of wonderful things. So, right. yeah, for me, it's the people is what makes up Aurora. I, um, so for the listeners, um, you've been in very involved in the community in many different ways and many different levels. So that's in addition to giving your time, you also help to organize people and to make sure that their voices are heard. Right. For example, uh, and we're going to really want to get to this. Um, the time is now 
8.18 a.m. You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We're sp- sitting down with a friend of the show, Chicano. Um, you were involved with one of the main people I saw with the Vanessa Guillen March. Right. It took place here in Aurora um, on Lake Street. Right. For those that don't know, uh, can you explain the purpose of that march? Okay, the purpose of that march was well, one thing. I was not I was not the organizer of the march. Right, okay, right. I was involved in it. Right. I spoke there, but I was not the organizer because um, we did two, um, two okay. different ones. But the purpose of that was to bring awareness and justice for Vanessa, um, because the, although that was in Texas, it still affects us here. Sure, it affects our community um, for what's going on in Fort Hood. You know, um, we want to uh, do our part because there are other parts of the United States that are shining light on that are, you know, asking for justice for Vanessa and Mm -hmm. we felt we had to do our part as well. So that way um, her voice is heard throughout the whole United States, you know, and um, it was about bringing awareness to it, um, telling people, telling the young women, you know, if these problems are occurring there when you're signing up to serve your country and you can't even be protected and, you know, you're serving your country, then we're telling the women, the young women, don't sign up right now. You know, wait till they fix the problem because, you know, it's not right for you for you to protect your country and then anything goes there and then they want to cover it up and things like that. So um, that was part of it. And another part of it was the um, talking about the ROTC programs, how they have a big program here, I believe, in East High mm-hmm. and they recruit you know, young Latinos, Latinas, or anybody, minorities, mm-hmm. even, you know, um, would you, yeah. And I think they go there because they feel that in Aurora, the community, especially the east side, it's more lower income, and they feel that a lot of the people there don't have a way out. So they want to come recruit them to the military, promise them all these things, and then they go not really understanding what they're getting themselves into. And then they get there thinking, okay, I'm going to have a better career, better life, I'm going to serve my country, and then these type of things happen to them, you know. So it's not just the fact that she got murdered. Um, it's the assaults, the violence, the sexual assaults, and all that that happened there too, and maybe the way they treat you, uh, you know. So it, it was a lot of different things that we felt that we had to speak up about. And when we were there, there was a lot of women there, and that's what I liked. There was more women than men there at that march. And a lot of them were speaking up on... Um, sexual violence and all that uh, you know the military some of them were women that served in the military mm-hmm. and then it goes back to not not just the military um it also goes back to the culture of the people to men to the families to the boys in general as they're growing up um there were some women there talking about you know it, it's even in our families you know and we need to start teaching our kids the boys how to respect women while they're young um, because at now, if you don't teach them that as they get older, this is what happens when they go to the military. You know, you go to the military as, as a young man, you go with this mentality that you're ready to fight, you know, war and all that, so you're really uh, hyped up. And um, then the way, the way you were brought up as far as dealing with women, not uh, having that respect, or, you know, you feel you're dominant, things like that. And those type of things from your childhood, you know, they take shape when you're in the military and it creates those type of problems. So it's the military, yes, but it's all, it goes all the way back to why we're growing up, of you know, why we felt we had to speak on that to bring it all up, bring it all up. Even just a matter of speaking up. Like some people, you know, they won't say anything. So, again, just kind of bring that to light, especially with young women. Yes. That you have to raise your voice and, you know, call right. out these wrongs. Yeah, and um, 
so the fact that they see us speaking up and we had all the other women there, we're letting them know, like, don't be afraid. We're here. We got you. We're going to support you. And if you feel you have to speak up, speak up, you know, because this is the only way we're going to make change. You know, we're going to speak up, but also we're going to look to make the change. We're not just going to talk and then that's it. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to try to do things about these type of things. I'm glad that you guys did that. That was strong. It was big. It was powerful. So that the, the commander of Fort Hood was just sacked yesterday, um, which until you change culture, to me, that's just a person who got fired. Right. Okay. Being a veteran, I know very well how misogynistic, the jokes, the crooch, I, you know, I would not sit here and try to deny that. Right. I wonder though, it's been a lot of lives changed in the in the Latino or in minority communities. Um, we've celebrated first Latino commandants or uh, not commandants, but first Latino uh, Marines of different ranks and different things like that. Should we get rid of the ROTC programs in high schools? I believe so because okay. the reasons they're doing it, and yeah, you know, you know. People join the military, they serve their country, they make it back, they end up becoming successful in their life, they're disciplined, things like that. But they're doing, I believe they may, may be doing it for the wrong reasons. So we should look into that, you know. And if it's being done for the wrong reasons, if you're there recruiting just because you know uh, in the minority communities, they have less chance of succeeding in life as far as going to college and careers where they, you know, once they graduate or if they do drop out, they just take, you know, regular menial jobs. Um, we need to look into that to see if that's the purpose of going to that specific school and recruiting. I feel you. And we have to look at other schools, other schools that don't have minorities and see if they have those type of programs there. You know, so I'm not, I don't want to speak too much on that because I'm not super familiar with it. So I don't want to misstate anything. Mm -hmm. But from the little understanding that I do have of that, it needs to be looked into. And if, like I said, if that's the purpose, then yes, get rid of it. No, I feel you. I, I, I agree. If a community, if the only way to get out of a community is through joining the military. Perhaps that community could have better avenues, different avenues, which was to help people. You shouldn't have only one way to. Right. I, I'm, I'm feeling you. You know what I'm saying? I do understand. I do completely understand that. Right. Um, now let's talk. Let's talk about um, some of our social justice issues that have, that have taken place in Aurora. Okay. Um, you've you've got more knowledge of Aurora with the exception of the George Floyd incident and everything that came to Aurora was there ever anything like that in Aurora's history um as far as people being murdered by the police I do not know of any incidents like that but yes there are things that could have led up to that sure it just didn't you know sure. it, it stopped some way somehow but a lot of times it's little minor things that lead to that, you know. And if you see a lot of the cases where they were killed by police, it wasn't something that they were doing something big, something major, you right. know. Yeah, um, yeah we're robbing a bank. This right. is a rolling stop or some shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a big difference there. So out here in Aurora, too, there's been a lot of situations where it was something small that could have turned to that, but some way, somehow, it, it, it ended up stopping. Right. But there's always the potential now and in the future for that to happen and that's one of the things that we're speaking up on now is 
let's try to prevent that because eventually it's going to happen out here. You know, whether someone's going to get killed by the police out here or somebody's going to kill the police out here, you mm -hmm. know. And um, we, because it can happen in, in, over a traffic stop, anything, you know. Um, you can be in your car and they want you to get out. And even though you don't have anything, you make a wrong move. And next thing you know, you they're know. slamming you and all this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and you could be minding your own business, not even committing any type of crimes. You know what I mean? You know, whether you were committing a crime or not, you know, still, you know, does it, that's not right. But, I mean, it could be something simple. And then it just, like that, it'll turn to a different way. That kind and, of um, thing doesn't happen in Naperville. Why do you think that is? Um, because in those type of neighborhoods, like Bolingbrook, um, people have jobs there. They have careers, right? They have... Uh, things to do um, the way the neighborhoods are set up you know you grow up you know in a certain way to where um, everybody basically does the same thing you know so there's a big difference there when you have things when you have jobs careers um, if you have mental issues if you have drug problems you can go get treatment you can pay for your treatment you know for the drugs right. um, mental issues you can pay for it um, here, if you don't have anything, what are you going to do? You know, uh, you have mental issues, you have problems uh, with the way you're growing up. Um, there's nothing there for, you know, resources. You can't pay for your own uh, uh, rehab, things like that. So you're just stuck with what you're, with, right. with what you're doing. And, um, you know, so then that creates a whole big problem there where people are out in the streets. And, um, yeah, these low income, you know, uh, apartments, things like that, low income housing, um, Sometimes here you have so many different families living in one house, one apartment, things like right. that, you know, so overcrowded. Those type of places, they're more established, more, you know, well-equipped to deal with life. Um, tell us about the uh, Save Our Children movement. Huh? No, you're good. Oh. The Save Our Children movement? My co-host my, my co just hit me off <laughs> camera, y'all, so if y'all were <laughs> wondering. I just went to ask that if question. If y'all were wondering. Would... Oh, oh um, Save Our Children is a movement. Um, you're talking about the, the cages? Yes. Okay. Um, I was involved in one of those, I believe it was last year, okay. uh, in the beginning when that first started happening. Uh, a lot of people mobilized, and I went to uh chicago and marched okay uh, you know and, and protest against that um i mean it's very obvious that that's something that should not take place i mean that's something that we should not even be marching fighting about arguing about i mean there's no a brainer yeah it's a no-brainer there's a lot of things that okay they're doing they shouldn't be doing and we march and protest and you know try to get the laws changed or whatever but that's something there that everybody you know even the people in power, the people that are doing this, they have kids, you know? It's a no-brainer to, would you want your kids to be treated like that, no matter who you are, you know what I mean? So if you're doing things like that, then it's not a matter of, uh, oh, they're doing it because it's kids. It's a matter of the race, the human race, you know, or this person's type of race. Or you just don't like that race or something because right. would you do that to your own kids? No. I didn't take, I saw there was a lot of marches in Chicago. Um, so shout out to Pilsen, first of all. Shout out to Humble Park. Shout out to everybody in between, up and down Western Avenue, in between, for like all the different neighborhoods. Right. Okay. So let's let's start there. I didn't take place in a march, but I did take place in a discussion that happened at a church, the name of which I won't state. You know what was said? 
the amount of people in this church who had a way to somehow defend, right? Oh, well, if they would have just come here, right? The amount of people who were able to, to, to construct some type of way to justify a six-year-old taking care of a three-year-old with pneumonia. Right. I couldn't believe how this lady or whoever, you know, I'm sitting next to is literally, right? Mm-hmm. On her phone, her, her, her screensaver is her kids or her granddaughter. Right. Or she, you know, and this lady is literally sitting in here in this church and she's able to construct a defense as to why it's this 19-year-old Honduran girl's fault that her kids are in Texas and she's back in. And to your point, it's just like, it just makes you like, right? what the fuck is going on right. with humans? Right, because there's no excuse, you know? How but- are you able to do this, sitting in this church, we got cookies and water and shit in this roundtable discussion, and this right. lady's able to do it. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, so like I said, well, like we said, it's a no-brainer. There's no excuse for that type of thing, you know? Um, and even here in the United States, uh, you know, a person goes to jail, um, you separate them from their kids or whatever. <clears throat> but that's a different story. They're coming from a whole other country, you know? They don't have what we have here, so they're in a whole other country coming this way. They have their kids. You're never supposed to separate them, you know. Um, they're trying to go by where you can't, like, uh, the penitentiaries, the counties, you know, where you have to be an adult, and then the juveniles have to be in the juvenile detention right. center. But this is not where they're committing crimes and they're locked up for those reasons. These, they're coming here, and then you're um, intercepting them, and then you're separating them like that. And that's that's one thing that shouldn't be done. It, the family should be kept together no matter what because they're losing them, you know, and right. a lot and of bad things that, are happening. If you want to get rid of these people and don't want them in your country, why are you keeping them? In, what? Exactly. Who's keeping the kid? Like, what is mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it's, it's sick. It's, right. it's sad. It's very sad. Um, for those that don't know, what kind of challenges do the, uh, do the uh, undocumented community in Aurora face? In Aurora? Um, it's, uh, a, it's, a, it's, it's an America thing, but we're just in you know, Aurora, speaking right? of our little bubble, yeah. Um... Uh, access to the resources because a lot of people are under the impression that because social media is out there that everybody's on social media that everybody's getting the same information but everybody's not getting the same information so you can be in office here downtown and posting okay we're going to have this meeting here or you know this type of resource for you you know you can come out and get it and then if you go to it sometimes it's you know not that many people go so they're under the impression that, oh, we're on social media, everybody's going to see it, but it's not the case. You know, every, a lot of, the majority are on social media, but not everybody's seeing the same thing. You know, there's a whole lot of different things that you're seeing. Mm. So that's the issue that people need to understand in order to try to reach other people, you know, to reach everybody as a whole. So there's a lot of things. There's a huge Latino population here and a lot that don't speak English, you know. And uh, one of the challenges is the, a lot of the information that's given out is not given out in Spanish. It's given out in English. And um, I, there was a time where I was going to some neighborhood group meetings and there was some information that they wanted to put out to the whole community of Aurora. So they were doing these mailers to all the households and um, they were all in English. 
So, you know, we don't need to speak on what type of program or who mm -hmm. it was like that. But, you know, the question came up was, did you, is it in Spanish? And they're like, no, uh, we didn't do it in Spanish. And we figured, like, you you know, you should have thought to do it in Spanish because there's a huge population of Latino, you know, people here. And if you really wanted to get this information, then, you know, it's, it's just what should be. So that's a big challenge they face because now they might not have that same access, that same opportunity that someone else had, you know, you know, that knows English. Right. Um, and then I would say the challenge with the police department as well, because uh, there's, you know, violence, you know, police brutality and all that. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, there's a lot of cases out here where they're afraid to speak up of something that the police department, the police officers have done to them because they're undocumented and right. they're afraid that they're going to get um, deported or detained, you know, so they don't say anything. And I think that's a problem. So I think that where we sh as a people, as a community, or even, you know, us as leaders and organizations should speak up and watch out for that, you know, because regardless they're undocumented, they still have rights and they shouldn't be afraid to speak up, you know. And if it's hard for them to speak up, then we have to speak up for them or give them that avenue to where they can do it and they don't, they, you know, they're not scared that something's going to happen to them, you know, because I believe that's a big problem. I do too. Um one of the other issues uh, was, and still, I guess, is and has been, uh, the census and filling out the census and everything like that. Um, you know, the census is not, uh, it's, it's for representation with which to get funds for our city, uh, yeah. which helps all neighborhoods. Uh, there has been a, a problem having uh, residents and Latino communities fill out the census. What kind of ways can we adopt to tackle that specifically? As far as, um, I don't get the question. Imp as improving far results. Yeah, improving, improving results, results. Like making sure that uh, Latino communities know that like the census is it's not tracking them. It's confidential. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's confidential. It's not, it's not tracking them. It's not, uh, you know, I, I've done some work in Latino communities. They see right. a brother with a tie walking to the door with a clipboard. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're like, yo, close the door. Like, we have to let people know that we're not tracking them. It's confidential information, but it's for our benefit. So right. what ways can we do that? So, of course, they're not going to trust, right? right, no matter who it is. So, I mean, you have to have people that speak Spanish, you know, their own, and not to make it sound like it's race or anything, but to have their own people sure. coming to them no, because no. They're, they're, they don't feel comfortable. They're not going to fill it out, you know. So you want them to feel comfortable, send people that know their language, that are who they are, and try to help them. If I knock on your door with a clipboard, would you open for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot they won't. Because you, you know, know me. Oh, Kurt, what up, dog? Yeah, what? yeah. And anybody comes to my door, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Send me a text. Yeah. And um, the, another thing, too, is um, I believe that, you know, they say, okay, we go to churches and things like that to get people to fill out the mm -hmm. census. But you, I think a, a big place they're forgetting about is the factories and the warehouses, Ooh. you know, because okay. there's a huge population of people here that work in factories and warehouses so they're not out getting the information you can be advertising oh the census counts you know you should do this you should do that or they're going to your home to ask you to fill out the census but a lot of people in low income that you know are not making a lot of money 
they're not just working eight hours. They're working 10, 12 hours, double right. shifts, you know, or they work at this factory. Once they get off, they go to another factory, you know. So um, I brought that up one time. They were speaking about the census um, at a session, and I talked about that. Like, are you guys reaching the factories, uh, the warehouses? Because there's a lot there, and they don't know what's going on. I've spoken to them, you know. Right. Um, a lot of them don't even know the first thing about government, about aldermen. They don't even know who an alderman is. So they're not going to understand the census either, you know. But I believe that should be a big focus of that if you want to reach the Latino community because they're there. They're there, and... When, once they get off work, they don't have time to look into all the issues that are going on in the community because you have, especially uh, women, you know, in, in the Latino community, they're working to try to provide. And they could be a single mother or they can be married. And so her and her husband's working. But then when she, once she gets off of work after putting 10, 12 hours in or maybe more, she has to go home, cook for the family, feed the kids, take you know, clean the house, wash the dishes, things like that. So there's no time for her to be uh looking at all the issues and looking that somebody's saying oh you know please fill out the census it counts you know whether it's on social media or any mailings they're getting there's no time for that because uh, you're tired after standing up in a factory for 10 12 16 hours a day you know so people need to take that into consideration as well and then try to figure out you know what's the best way we can reach them then you know right um, the time is now 8.40 a.m. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and we are joined by our guest and brother, Chicano. Um, what does the words, or what do the words social justice mean to you? Just the words themselves, uh, without anything else added to it, um... just basically state means you know there should be justice in our society you know and in in dealing with the people um but now it's what you add to it it was makes the difference in the kind of type of conversation we would have on that you know mm-hmm. um i believe it's a big issue in the community though that needs to be talked about so the um, sessions the meetings that are had by barbara hernandez's office i think that's a good thing you know because it keeps the conversation going on that and um, that's something Shout that... Shout out I, to our state rep, 83rd District. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, yes, um, that I think that in itself, just the conversation of that can help make a lot of change out here in Aurora to get people to understand, you know, um, the injustices, you know, that right. are happening, things like that, and the mental health aspect. Um, you know, a lot of different... It depends on which type of way you're going with the social justice issue, you know? Um, now... With the social justice aspect that we're trying to do here in Aurora, um, how would you rate the um, the teamwork aspect, and uh, how would you rate the contribution by our uh, officials? Well, I haven't seen a lot of. Well, it. we'll call it city city help. You know, I haven't seen a lot of it myself personally. There may be other things going on that I haven't seen, and so I can't speak on that. But I've only. S- basically seeing um state representative barbara hernandez holding these sessions and um you know at first it was just you know members of the community and now she's starting to invite people that are in certain positions to where they can talk about it where they may be experts in the field or something like that sure you know so i don't think it's it's something that she has started and like i said i'm unaware if anybody else is doing it but it's something that needs to grow so i can't really speak too much on uh, about it because i haven't seen it happening you know what do you think our city leaders need to do? How can how, how to improve that? Um, the, the social justice mm-hmm. aspect. 
Um, they need to take follow her lead, mm -hmm. you know, and it, those type of discussions need to be happening happening on a regular basis to where it's common. It's a uh, part of her everyday vocabulary. Um, so she's holding a session because she holds the sessions maybe once a month, right? Yeah. Um, where she's holding one here. Uh, a couple days later, a couple weeks later, somebody's holding one here, here, you know, different um, areas. And, you know, with that, as the conversation keeps going, it's not something that's going to be forgotten about. So I think that they should um, do the same thing, you know, um, just keep that going. And it kind of brings more importance to it the more you talk about yes, it. Yes, it brings more mm -hmm. importance to it, you know. Um, so I got a really good question. I've been saving it this whole interview. It's so great. Um, first of all, can you let us know about Chicano's Times? That's not the question. We're going to get to it. I'm setting it right. up right now. Mm. All right. <laughs> well, so as you know, my name is Chicano. The, the business I run is called Chicano Times. Um, and then with the part where you said Chicano's Times, that just is uh, part of my personal uh, Facebook profile. Okay. All right. Um, and that, because it has an S after Chicano, it's just, uh, the you know, my times of what I've been, you know, what I'm doing, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, the business aspect is just Chicano Times, and that's what I do out in the community with the business, you know. Okay. Um, and so are you asking about, like, the business itself? Yeah. Yeah, tell us about it. Um, so it's, um, I'm mobile with what I do. I don't have a, a location, building, like nothing like that, and I like it like that right mm -hmm. now. Um, what I do is I sell a lot of merchandise uh, geared towards the Latino community, to the Mexican community. Okay. Um, one of the main focuses I focus on is the Mexican flag. And um, so I have a variety of Mexican flags, big, small, um, other things that have the Mexican flag on it, like little boxing glove keychains that have the flag. I just have somebody making some pillows that have the Mexican flag on it. Um, just a bunch of different designs with that on there. But that's not the only thing I sell. I sell a lot of um, airbrushed artwork, um, a lot of brims, hats that the lowrider communities, you know, people wear. So I sell a lot of merchandise geared towards that as well. And um, some of the merchandise I get comes from Mexico where people have been deported and they're out there trying to survive. So they do airbrush um, artwork on shirts, on backpacks, on baseball bats, on hats. And then, you know, there's a distributor in Texas that I deal with and he helps them to try to survive out there. So he s sells their merchandise as well. And I get some of that from him, sell it out here. So apart from just helping here, we're also helping them out there in Mexico because the economies, you, you know how the economy is out there. It's real tough. So they found a way to survive, and we're contributing to that as well. That's, so that's part of what um, my business does. But I use that to my mm -hmm. business to help promote other businesses. So while I'm trying to make a way for myself with this, because it's not a business that I've had for a long time. It's not a big business. It's something that I just started recently. Right. Um, even though I'm not there, I'm not well established, um, I use it to promote other businesses. I use the, some of the funds to do some of the events I do. So if I need to pay for a DJ or a band for an event, I use some of the funds for that. And I promote small Latino businesses with it, right? Um, and I'm not opposed to uh, promoting any type of business, but I want to focus on the Latino community because I believe they need, you know, that representation. Um, and I don't want to wait on anybody else. I don't want to wait on the city, any commerce, chambers of commerce, anything like that. You know, they do their part. That's fine. But I want to do my part. And um, I, f I feel I have a different creative way of doing it, you know. So my, what I do is, like, if a, I want to promote a business, I'll approach them and tell them, you know, if you, would you like me to promote you? I can, you know, I'll bring, I'll let them know what I bring. I'll bring 
my booth, the stuff I had, the flags draw attention. Um, we'll bring music. Um, we'll bring cars, lowriders, because I'm involved with the lowrider community as well. We'll set up, make it look, you know, uh, attractive. Um, sometimes we'll hire a band or a DJ in front of the business or something, you know, or have somebody perform or have the bison club come do a demonstration. And then, um, you know, just um, attract people and have people hanging out, kicking it. So it's... It serves a lot of different purposes, my business, you know, because right. um, while we're there promoting that business, we're inviting people in. We're doing videos and telling people, hey, come shop here. You know, this is what they have here. And then it works all the way around, even for the community, because it's giving the community, not just the business, um, you know, customers. It's giving the members of the community something to do as well, because while they go there to shop, they're meeting new people or they're seeing people they know and they're hanging out. And with my business, I would like to do that throughout Aurora. Not just my business, but with the organization that I, you know, I'm going to start helping the community. I hope to incorporate all that together, business and community, and just do that all over Aurora. Do pop-ups here and there. Now, did you want to preview the business, or are we going to table that for the business or the organization? The the business you're going to start, the organization you're going to start. Excuse me. Uh, we can wait on that. Okay, all right. Um, but I would <laughs> all two. I would say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I would say on that is that I'm in the, um, I have plans to start an organization of my own representing the Latino community out here in Aurora and I don't I'm not going to focus on just one thing so if somebody asks me okay what are what is your focus it's not one thing it's all the way around the board any, any way that I can help represent the Latino community any way I can help that's what the organization is going to be about so that's about all I can say about that right now until that's I a stay tuned out there y'all that's a stay tuned keep stay up with tuned. Good Morning Aurora we'll debut that when the brother shares it with mm. us um, what was your first car my first car, that's what you said. Mm -hmm. It was um, 1983 Park Avenue, Buick Park Avenue. Okay. Four door, long body. Right. And the plush seats, boy, you sinking in them. Yeah. And as you see, you know, I have. Where's Christine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are the type of cars I like. As you see, I have the the Lincoln. I have is a long body. Right, you know, right, like right. Big body joints. Yeah. Um. So here's the question I wanted to ask you. Got enough time to get it off. So let's 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 paint a picture here for the audience. It's, we got the, uh, all of the unrest in downtown Aurora. Right. We've got issues with the uh, police department and the community. Things are bubbling and full of turmoil. There's not much getting along going on. The city has these sessions with which to hear the feedback from the community and hopefully put those in place. Organizations are coming up. They're saying that we would like to see this, we'd like to see that. The city is saying that they're listening and declaring that they hear and they're working towards change. And then they order $88,000 worth of riot gear. Right. Chicano, what kind of impression do you think that would give a community member? First of all, I think that's a slap in the face to the community members. I think that's disrespectful for them to do that. You know, um, because of all the issues that are going on. And uh, I get what they're saying. Oh, we need to protect our officers. I get that. But that that's not the message it sends, you know. Um, there was a whole lot. Of, there's a whole lot more different things they can do with that, you know. I mean, a whole lot of different ways they can go about that. Um, but even before you get to the riot gear, I mean, the discussions they had, you know, they supposedly had discussions to where, 
it was a change initiative, you know, for the police department. They were taking suggestions, and right. but in the end, they, you know, they stated, "Oh, we don't feel there's anything wrong. We don't feel our officers did anything wrong, so we're really not going to do anything." The infamous poll about it. But, and one of the things they did as well was when they first announced that they were going to do that, they stated they were going to have 12 members of the African American community be moderators, right? But not one time did they mention we we're going to have any Latino moderators. And while the issue is, you know, Black Lives Matter and a lot of issues are happening with the black community and the police officers, um, we have the same problem. Not the exact same problem, but we have issues with the police officers as well, the Latino yeah. community, low-income people. And um, so I be, Aurora having a huge Latino population, I believe no matter how you look at it, that that should have been in the mix in the beginning as well, was we're going to have Latino moderators as well. So to say that you're going to have 12 African-American moderators, all you're trying to say to the community is, look, we hear what you're saying. We're going to try to make change. And it's, that's not really the case. You're doing that because of the outcry. So you're not sincere about what you're doing, you know, because if you were, you would look at this and see that this is another issue as well that needs to be spoken on. Now they can say, yeah, well, we uh, allowed space after that for people to sign up as moderators. Yeah, and that's true. I, I, as a Latino, could have signed up, but that's not, you know, the issue. The issue is when, in the beginning, when you thought of this, you should have planned for that as well. Um, but then, it, it, anyway, it didn't matter because, you know, they had their suggestions, and um, I did not attend any of those sessions, but a lot of people that I've spoken to said that a lot of times the police department, the officers that were there, did most of the speaking. So how are you listening to the community if you're doing most of the speaking, you know? Um, you're not. So then it comes, you know, to the riot gear. Um, like I said, it's basically a slap in the face of disrespect because it's one riot, you know, um, and it was not even a huge riot. Um, and, uh, okay, it's, it's a riot where, like, other cities, Chicago, for example, when they have a riot, they're not just protesting one day and that's it. They're doing it day after day after day. And in a play situation like that, you need that. But it hasn't happened out here, you know. Right, and, this isn't Portland. Right. And the other thing is, um, if you feel you needed that, why don't you do things that um, put things in place to where it'll prevent a riot? Because what you're doing is you're pre preparing for after a riot starts. Why don't you prepare for, you know, to stop the riot? I mean, before it even happens, you know what I mean? As right. far as in the community, the things, the resources and things we need. Because obviously people are mad for a reason, you know. So look into those situations and try to remedy them rather than say, okay, when, uh, when something happens, we're going to stop it with force. You know, so that was just, their response was, okay, we're going to, all you guys are saying there's these problems, this and that, then we're going to show y'all, we're going to meet it with force, you know. Yeah, I think that it was uh, probably one of the top three dumbest things that I've ever seen anybody do or advocate for in the last month. Like, it was really stupid. Right. I mean, before that, yeah, I don't want to put words in anyone else's mouth who may be listening, but it felt like the city was returning to a calm normal besides issues with the police department. Right. And then the next thing you know, you turn on your news, and what do you got? $88,000 worth of right here. When the body camera issue wasn't addressed. Right. And you got... District 131 students who ain't got enough laptops to go home with. I mean, right. why? I mean, you know, 
who looks at that for the calendar issues of the day coming up and says, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about the rest. Why wouldn't you save that shit? Right. Who's making that decision? Right. Slap in the face. Right. And then you got the youth services. You know, um, they, Simon Rodriguez, yeah, you know, yeah. he's running the uh, youth service for the city of Aurora. Yeah, so much of that money can go towards that. I asked him in that interview. I said, "If I, what, what could you do with eighty-eight thousand dollars?" The brother was like, like <laughs> "You know, like right. you could, you could do a lot with that." Yeah, for, and then the laptops you. that they're purchasing as well for the police department, you know, for the officers and fire department. How much? That's a lot more money than mm. the rag. I don't know the numbers. I don't. Well, I, the numbers escape me right now. Yeah. But um, even with that, you could have given a small percentage of that, a certain percentage of that, to the youth services, and you know. A lot of people complain. The officers talk about, oh, you know, we want crime to be down. They even, uh, last year, there was a rise in shootings. And I've even heard the community members, the police officers saying, oh, we don't want it to return to back how back to how it was oh, in the 90s and the you know early 2000s. Um, well, then do some, put programs in place so it doesn't return to that. You know, don't try to meet it with force. That's not going to solve anything. That's just going to make it worse, you know. Right trying to meet it with force, trying to meet it with things like that, with the rag, it's just going to create where people um, want to go against you, you know? Right. So, yeah, there's a, a whole lot of other things they can do. Yeah, it's kind of like what you were saying about solving the problem before it even happens, investing in the children. When you're investing in education and the children, you know, it's, it's never a, a bad investment. for Right, and I hear a lot in out in public. They're always talking about the kids this, the kids that, the kids are our future. And, you know, they say so much about it, but they don't act like it when they're not putting all these big programs in place. There should be community centers all throughout Aurora, you know, big community centers, not just one. Now, I don't know all the details about the YMCA building that's there, but there's all these buildings downtown that are old, that have been abandoned, and, uh, you know, they want to rehab them and put business in there. But then you have the YMCA for whatever reasons. You know, they have their reasons, I believe, to where they don't want to rehab that. They want the, the building owner to tear it down. When, if you're investing all, these, all this money in all these buildings downtown, you can invest in that. That's a big area to where you can have a lot of community programs. You know, it has a big field outside, a lot of parking. So what there's building is that? YMCA, YMCA building? building on Garfield by Woodlawn. Oh, that bill. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, right yeah. here, right yeah, down the street. Right up the street. Right up the street. Yeah, that huge um, field's right there. Yes, so they, you know, they're going to say that there's <gasps> problems in the basement and it has a spring where it's leaking, things like that. Of course, all these other buildings have problems too and what are you doing with them? The Copley building, uh, where the Copley Hospital was, look at all the money that you're putting into that. So why can't you do that to the YMCA building and turn it into a community center? I could do a lot with that. I could do work wonders oh, yeah. with a, a building like the YMCA in a community center. You know, we can put all type right. of programs in there. There's right. The ideas are limitless with that, right. you know. Um, so that, there, there's a problem right there, you know. And downtown, yes, yeah, some of those buildings need to be rehabbed and, you know, fixed up. But if you want downtown to really be on something, I don't think you should rehab every old building down there because you don't want a downtown with just old buildings. You know, you have to have a mix. So you would want to tear some down and put new buildings up, you know, modern buildings. And for Aurora to be the second largest city, um, why don't we have taller buildings here in Aurora downtown, you know? Why when you pass through the interstate, the expressway and all that, and all these other towns that you, you see tall, taller buildings, you know, along the expressway, why aren't they here? You know, they should be here downtown. They should be closer to our expressway by the outlet mall. And I believe they're working on things like that. I've heard they have had ideas on building up, you know, um, but that's the thing. Change some of the buildings, you know. Don't right. 
Just keep them like yeah, because when you're doing when you're going to like the city on the highway, you know what I'm saying, Wheaton and all that, you can see like damn Oakbrook, right, it's glittering and, like right. Ooh. And here a lot of people showcase the Leland Towers, you know, like that's but that's, that's one building. building, yeah, that's building. one building, you know. Yeah. And I think for the potential that Aurora has, the things that are going on here, I think it's necessary to stop just showcasing that one building, start putting other big buildings up, and. Uh, you know, make it like it's the second largest city, you know, mm -hmm. make the downtown, you know, something to talk about. Um, but I know we got off subject because I started talking about the YMCA building, but that had to do, you know, in speaking about the riot gear, you know. Right. Um, money could, you know, can go towards a lot of different things, you know, from the riot gear. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Um, I'm all over the community. I'm all right. over the world. <laughs> Do you have a... Well, look for the car. Do you have uh, social media, um, Instagram? First, I'm, um, I run the... We didn't talk about the boxing club. I run Eight-Town Boxing Let's Club. Okay. I'm, there's two of us that run it. I run it with Giovanni Villagomez. He's the head coach. Shout out to Giovanni. Club. Yeah, and um, we run that on 4th and Jackson by Waldo. Um, th so that's on Facebook, Eight-Town Boxing Club. Um, mm -hmm. It's on Instagram. Um, that's something we do. We, we train kids, 8 to 18 years old, right? So we're helping try to keep them off the streets, give them something to do, teach them discipline. But we want to also, um, that's a, I think if I start talking about these things, there's, these are whole other conversations in themselves, and there's not enough time for that because there's a lot of things that we're doing with the boxing club, mm -hmm. a lot of plans that we've been, that are in the works right now. Um, I can give you a brief breakdown. We're trying to expand it to where it's not just a, a a boxing club. We want to take it to a whole nother level where we teach the kids how to volunteer in the community, where we're teaching the kids uh, history, culture, politics, different type of trainings. Um, we're in a lot of discussions right now with a lot of different people on doing that. Cool. To I make it a big. A great sec another episode just all on the boxing club. <laughs> we should go. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Okay. I went. I can box. Oh, it, you can. <laughs> We should oh. do it. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> right, <nowhere. laughs> uh, so, no, uh, 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 gave me a tour. Okay, let's go. I walked in there. The energy. Yeah, oh, I The bet. energy. They was in there like, the energy was, I mean, you could, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was like Rocky. You walk up in there, join. Okay. For real. It <laughs> was should, like the energy was just really awesome. So We should go it, on site there. Yeah, yeah, we should, yeah. yeah. Can we get a tour? Yeah. Good morning, Aurora. Okay. We're closed right now, but... Oh, that's right, yeah. We had open, but right now they're doing some uh, remodeling in there. Yeah. So we're closed for right it's now. It's right around the corner from Waldo. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah, um, so that's a whole other discussion because we got so much, so many different plans for the boxing club. And then apart from that, as you say, I run Chicano Times. So I'm on Facebook as Chicano Times. That's okay. the business. And then my personal profile is Chicano Times. It's also on Instagram. Um, but I, like I said, I'm mobile and I'm always all over the place because I do the business, I do the community thing. I, I'm a part of um, a couple, another organization. Um, as I said, I'm about to start my own organization. So um, apart from knowing my number and the social media, that's how you can contact me or just see me somewhere because I'm always um, either promoting some type of event, promoting some type of business, helping someone in the community or just assisting in somebody else's um, organization of what they're doing. I can say, I can vouch, the brother is out there. So if you want to be involved in the community, you will. 
bump into our brother Chicano. You will. And um, this weekend, I'll be at First Fridays. There's a vending opportunity down there that I'll be selling my merchandise as well. And I don't think you mentioned that, or uh, maybe something went wrong with that or something, but I was supposed (laughs) to schedule to... Where where will you be, Chicano? (laughs) (laughs) Um... All I know is it's a thing that Mary Foss is doing for okay. with her organization, Can. Okay. And she's supposed to have a bunch of vendors booths out there. Uh, I think I believe across from City Hall in the parking lot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right and the um, farmers so, market area. Yes, is. I believe okay. so. So uh, I'm supposed to have a booth there selling the merchandise I have. Um, Friday, Saturday. Um, well, the weekend I'll probably be at Taco Mobile again. I'm somewhere uh, selling my merchandise. Uh, on the 12th of September, we're leading up to Mexican Independence Day. Um, I'll be promoting the businesses downtown on Broadway, the ones yeah. that the majority that were affected by the protest and COVID um, between Galena and New York. Okay. So I'll be down there promoting all those businesses at one time, you know, bringing some of the elements that I told you about of the what 12th. I'll be doing. Um, that's the 12th, right? The 12th okay, on yeah. Saturday. That's going to be from 12 to 2. And okay. that's one event, and it should be a huge event as well. Um, after that, at, from 3 p.m. to maybe 10 p.m., we'll be at Taco Mobile, and there's no festival, there's no parade this year for Mexican Independence Day. So we're going to do a big event there, but keeping COVID in mind with the mask, sanitizer, the, the social distancing and all that. But we hope to have a lot of entertainment there because I know the Latino community every year when these parades and festivals come, uh, you see everybody riding around in their cars with the Mexican flags and all that. So I know everybody's going to be itching to have something to do. So we would like to have a place for them to go hang out throughout the day. So from this first event that we're doing here downtown, um, we're going to switch over and then start another event. And, you know, hopefully that's a success because it's all for the community. You know? nice. All right. Oh, we just got an interesting email, but we're going to debut that tomorrow morning. That's tomorrow morning's news, y'all. That's tomorrow morning's news. <laughs> I thought I had this on mute. I guess not. Boom. So I know that you were saying that there was a question that you had that you were holding the that whole was time. It. That it was, was it? It was the, it was the, uh, the riot gear question. Oh, okay. okay. That was it, yeah. And then um, just real quick, I don't know how much time we have. You but got enough time for, we got, we got enough time for one more shout out. All uh, right. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, the thing is, is with my business, the lot of the other things I do in the community, the boxing club, uh, with the organization I want to start, just letting people know if you're genuine with, you, with what you want to do, if you feel like you want to help the community in, in the type of way I'm doing, being creative uh, with the entertainment aspect and, you know, involving, incorporating that all into the, you know, community business and all that. Um, and you got that energy and you feel like you want to do that and help, then you can come volunteer with me. As we grow it, it gets bigger down the line, then there'll be a better opportunities. But at the moment, a lot of these opportunities are uh, volu- voluntary opportunities. And, you know, we're all over the community, be able to network, um, especially with the organization. When I do start that, if um, I don't want to be out recruiting people, I want to the people to see what I'm doing. And if they feel like, oh, you know, I like what he's doing and they want to get involved, then they can get involved. Okay. Because I feel that if I do it that way where they just see it and they like it, it's it'll be that much more successful. Whereas if I go recruiting people, they may not like it as much, but they're there helping. You know what I right, mean? Right, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Let them be drawn to it. Right. And even with the boxing club, that we eventually will be looking for volunteers, help with trainers, things like that, because we're growing as a boxing club, and you know we can always use that as well. All right. Um, so the time is now 9.05 a.m. Um, so we got another part two. We got to do a part two coming soon. Um, we, the show ends on a positive note. What's the message of the day for the people of Aurora from Chicano? The message of the day, 
is on a positive note, we're going to be pushing, pushing, and pushing as far as to make change. Um, so it's not about just talking about it. It's about taking action and showing, you know, what you're doing to show some type of results, you know. So there's a lot of different aspects that we're working on to do that. Um, so that's the most important message is, you know, take that action. Do it. Just make it happen. You know what I mean? If you think about it and you feel it's something good, just do it. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're going to do, you know. All right. And with that, we like to say thank you to our brother Chicano for coming in to talk to us today. It was a great interview. Uh, you've been listening to Good Morning Aurora. We're proud to be the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We hope that you guys have a powerful, blessed, and motivated and dedicated Wednesday today. Uh, and we will see you back here tomorrow morning, bright and early.